Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, notorious AA holder, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Shuret. Say what? Bonjour, no, Doc G. What's mm-hmm. up, sir? Mm-hmm. Good. AA holder. Day. Notorious AA True. holder. True. That's what. Yeah. I thought, associate. Charette. I thought that would. Oh, maybe just the fool. That does associate. <laughs> I've been working on. It. I've been thinking about this. Doc yeah, G. it's important. That's right. It's important. <laughs> I like it, Mike. Uh, out of ten, give it to me straight. Where are you at? Hmm. I'm a man. I'm like an eight and a half, close oh. to a nine. Oh, uh, that's pretty low on yeah. your scale, though. I know. That's... I know. But I'm being more real these days. Okay. Doc G. I, I feel like maybe I was a little too. You I was exaggerating. You weren't telling you know? the truth to our listeners. I was, Girl, come on! I feel like when I say nine out of ten, I'm like it's more of like an eight and a half or a, even an eight point eight. Sometimes, you know. I'm glad I'm bringing you down, Mike. <laughs> it's you're not bringing me down, Doc G. I'm just coming to terms. Okay, with my real coming life. a little a little <laughs> a bite of reality every now and then. Yeah, I yeah, 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 I think sure. when people are around me long enough, Mike, they find that I'm very fair, actually. I try to keep yeah. I try to keep it in the middle. I never go yeah. too low. I never go too high. You know, I don't like this roller coaster of emotions some people go on. And they're like, oh, it's mm-hmm. the worst day ever. And you're like, you forgot to pick up the mail. It's not that bad. You know? Yeah, or like, sure. oh, for it's sure. the greatest day ever. You got a, a free jug of milk at Target. It's not that awesome. Like, you know, like just somewhere yeah. in the middle somewhere mm-hmm. but i'm glad you're over an eight that's good that's uh, sure. that's good for sure, for sure. Uh, uh, does anything have to do with halloween is that score how about halloween are you excited i'm excited for halloween i think uh halloween day i'm gonna be at a, like an 8.9 Ooh. maybe even a nine on Ooh. average for for the day Ooh. you know chocolate chocolate is important in my life doc g a little yeah. halloweeny i like it yeah. i like yeah. it well big news mm-hmm. this year for halloween mike big news mm. i'm gonna What's dress that? up yes i'm excited i'm gonna dress I'm excited. this hasn't occurred I was saying it before we came on air, how long it's been. It's definitely been since I've been an undergrad. So we're talking way over 15 years. Uh, nice. It's just, I mean, it's too much, Mike, you know, usually. It is. But for some reason, I caught the feeling this this year. I was like, you know what? It's been a pandemic and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been able to do anything. And now that I can do something, you know what? Maybe I should, you know? Yeah. Very true. So Do I'm, you have an event or something? No. That you're going to? No. no. Okay. No, I'm just going to dress up and stare at the wall at my house. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to go to work. I'll be at work. Okay. But aside right. from that, no, I don't have an actual like event to go to besides okay. work. So they may fire me. Huh? But aside from that, <laughs> Mike, I am going as Steven Adams from the Memphis Grizzlies. And I can't wait. Listeners, if you don't know who I'm talking about, Google him and you'll quickly realize that I have a beard and hair to play Mr. Adams on Halloween. So true. Uh, that are yeah. Those are my qualifications, and it fits very well because most people identify me 
by a beard and hair. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got a beard and hair, yeah. just like that dude. They are the same person. <laughs> what? So that's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on. Mike, I, I'm hoping I will get at least one person that is a huge NBA fan that wants to take their picture with me. I'm hoping that yeah. if that happens, it is a successful Halloween for me. I'm going to go with three people will ask you Whoa. this for a picture. Whoa. I'm going to say three people. If three, Mike, write this down. If three people ask me to take a picture with them, um, I'll be over a nine. There you go. I'll be I'll there be so jacked, you don't even know. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> I just, so psyched. So psyched. Yeah. I just know you're going to commit to this costume, and I just feel like people are going to see this and appreciate it. If, I just, if only just if only I was actually good at, at uh, impersonations, because I would so do a New Zealand accent as well. Uh, okay. But I'm not, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. use my normal voice. But anyways, Mike, as per usual, since we have a holiday coming up, I check the books. We've never educated ourselves on this show while you've been the co-host regarding Halloween. So... Uh. I figured we better uh, educate ourselves through the best way possible, a Halloween quiz. Okay, perfect. Don't worry, Mike. Multiple choice. Multiple choice. (laughs) Sweet. Okay, so first question, Mike. What ancient culture did we derive trick-or-treating from? Was it Native American culture, ancient Egyptian culture, ancient Greek culture, or ancient Celtic culture? Hmm. That Celtic one seems a little interesting. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Greeks. I don't know why. Should have gone with the first decision, Mike. Celtic. Ah, the Celtic. Celtic. Celtic yeah. culture for the celebration of Samhain. Samhain, people would p- put treats out or food out to pacify... Evil spirits. I mean, I, I know I'm not... I, I mean, I, I know a lot of ancient cultures didn't rely on logic, Mike. But but if I were in ancient Celtic culture, I'd be like, hey, guys, these are spirits. <laughs> I, I don't think they like treats. Nope. I don't... They, they're not poodles. We're not going to put out... Oh, look at look at all the spirits coming. They're so happy. They're eating our Snickers. Can you believe it? Like, probably not going to happen, you know? Yeah, I doubt it. You know, you know, I probably would have been burned at the stake. What? Anyways, <laughs> Mike, uh, what city held the first citywide Halloween celebration in America? Langford, Connecticut. Jackson, Mississippi. Anoka, Minnesota, or Erie, Michigan? Hmm. I'm going to go with Connecticut. Anoka, Minnesota. Ah. Yeah. I thought that was in there because they were regular. They they are regular, regular. and we shout them out, man, for being the originators (laughs) of Halloween. Nice. Thank you, listeners from Anoka. Yeah. We appreciate your listens, and we hope you are spooky this time of year. We appreciate you. Yes. Your spooky nature and history. All right, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one state that it is illegal to dress as a priest or a nun. Hmm. Is it Ohio, Alabama, Washington, or New York? Hmm. 
Who are the first two? Ohio, Ohio Alabama, Washington, New York. I'm going to go with uh, Ohio. Alabama. Alabama. Uh, Alabama. You know, you know they love their religion, Kinda. Mike. They love their Yeah, they do. The, the actual law states, quote, whoever being in a public pay, place fraudulently pretends by garb or outward array to be a minister of any religion or nun, priest, rabbi, or other member of the clergy is guilty of a misdemeanor and upon conviction shall be punished by a fine not exceeding $500 or confinement in the county jail for not more than one year. Holy Lord! Wow. <laughs> and we'll give you $500, or we'll take a year of your life. Please, the $500! <laughs> yeah, 500 please. <laughs> Good Lord! Jeez. Now, uh, they say minister of a religion, Mike. My other costume idea was Jesus. Hmm. Would, would hmm. I be arrested in Alabama if I went as Jesus? Because, like, he was a minister, right? He was, he was going around getting, getting his preach on. So yeah, I don't know. Jesus is a pretty popular Halloween costume. Yeah, probably not in Alabama. I feel like maybe I, not. Yeah. I feel like I would definitely like you know, I don't know. There 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 would be there would be some uprising. There would be some anger. Yeah, I don't know. Any anyways, let's move on to number four, Mike. What is the most popular Halloween candy in America? Hmm. Candy corn, Snickers, M and M's. Skittles. I'm going to go Snickers. Skittles. Skittles. Get out of Skittles. here. Skittles. Whack. Amen. This, Amen, Mike. This is not true. I don't. I don't <laughs> Where I, are they getting the stats from? I mean, I can eat Skittles, but come on, kids. Don't waste your time on that. On that junior high. Get some chocolate, man. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be. I th really thought it was gonna be candy corn. I, I, I wanted to. I hesitated be to sick. say candy corn. That would be sick, <laughs> and we would stop this quiz immediately if that were true. Uh, uh, number five, Mike. What country does the term jack o' lantern come from? Hmm. Brazil, Turkey, Ireland, or Finland? Hmm. I'm going to go Ireland. Yes! Mike's on the board! Yes. On the board, everybody! Finally. The got one. The term jack-o'-lantern originates from an Irish folktale about a cheap man named Stingy Jack huh? who made a deal with the devil. Essentially, this dude's hanging out with the devil for like five years in this Irish folktale, which you're like... Uh, you know, all I've got to say from all the literature I've read, you, you don't want to be hanging out with that dude or making deals with him. Never end. No. That, that character can't be trusted. He's going to screw you somehow. I don't know. That's a fact. He's, he's shady, folks. I don't know. It's just <laughs> I don't, don't trust him. But uh, yeah. Mike, uh, number six in the original Halloween movie, the Michael Myers mask. Made was made by spray painting a cheap mask found in a costume store, all white. Who was the person on the original mask? Hmm. Was it A. Richard Nixon, B. Elvis, C. William Shatner, D. JFK? 
I'm gonna go William Shatner. Mike is on a roll. Yes. There we awesome. go. William Shatner, man. Captain Kirk just murdering people. Not cool, William. Come on yeah. now. That's... But it does kind of look like him, though. Like that it does. mask. It does. You, you, to, you, yeah. could, you could tell, like, uh, uh, Richard Nixon, you're not going to have that nose. Like, no. you're not going to have, like, no. uh, I, it depends, I guess, on which Elvis you get. A younger Elvis, it could sort of have that look. But, like, an older yeah. Elvis, you're not going to have the chubby face. No way. So, yeah. William Shatner makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. Just sprayed yeah. it and put it on. That's that's how cheap that movie was. Huh. Man. Huh. Scary though. It was it, it did the it did the job. Unnecessary for me, Mike. I don't need that scary in my life. Um <laughs> nope. last question, Mike. Here we go. Some people have been known to wear clothes inside out and walk backwards on Halloween. This is because uh they think if they do this. Some people believe you will see a blank at midnight. Is it A, the things that are behind you? B, a witch? C, ghost? Or D, El Diablo? El Diablo. A witch. A, a witch, witch uh, Mike. I should have went with witch. That was my first. That was my a first. witch, Mike. Right, now, granted, it will be true that you will see the things behind you if you walk backwards. <laughs> it's just, I will point that out. That one was the most true answer. But anyways, Mike, now that we know Halloween inside out, are you ready to fire up the show that is more of a graveyard smash than the monster mash? <laughs> Let's fire up the show, Doc G. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Mike, we have a fantastic show. The great duo Daisy the Great, that's why they're a great duo, yes! is on the show. Can't wait to talk to Minna and Kelly. They've had a great career up to this point. They're going to just skyrocket trajectory for the mm. rest of the career. They've got nice. a fantastic album coming out uh, the 28th. Mike, and if you're in uh, if you're in uh, New York, you need to go to Rough Trade. On November 3rd, because they'll be having an album release party there. They'll be That's right. signing albums, Mike. So nice. You want to nice. get it done. It's going to be yes. it's gonna be good. But first, Mike, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, I think you got this one, Mike. I think, uh, think you know this one. Uh, All right. Born on October 27th, 1974. Huh? Oh, wait. Did I accidentally put... I got to make sure that I didn't screw this up. I put 27th. Oh, come on! Because if I did, then we're just going to have to celebrate a birthday a day early. That's what we're going to have to do, Mike. That's all right. Yeah. No, I'm stupid, and I just put the 27th. It's actually the 26th is his birthday. So we can count it, everybody. Let's keep it rolling. Okay. So born on October 26th. Uh, 1974 in Kent, Connecticut, our birthday suit wearer from a young age, had an interest in illustrations and cartoons. At the age of nine, he made his own cartoon, Walter Crouton, for his local paper. He went on to the Rhode Island School of Design to study fine arts. His senior thesis was a film called The Life of Larry, which would be the inspiration for one of his biggest successes. He first started working for Hanna-Barbera Cartoons, 
or sorry, Hanna Barbera uh, cartoons. Uh, but in 1998, based off of his thesis, The Life of Larry, he signed a show deal with Fox for the show Family Guy. The show Ooh. is one of the most popular animated series of all time. He then created American Dad in 2005, another popular show. In 2012, he made his directorial film debut with the movie Ted, where he was also the voice of the talking teddy bear. There was a sequel in 2015. Name that birthday suit wearer. Was it Seth MacFarlane? Seth MacFarlane is yes. correct. Yes. I will say... Ted's a funny movie, man. Ted's a good movie. I've never seen it. I've oh. not seen that movie. Mike, you I need, need, to, you need to schedule some time. Schedule some I'm time. Gonna, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do both this. Both the the original and the and the sequel. Both of them are good. Yeah, they're, they're both, both good. They're both okay. solid. All right. They're both cool, solid. Cool, cool. Uh, Mike, side note, Seth MacFarlane, was on, uh, he had a plane ticket for the plane that flew into the North Tower World Trade Center on 9-11. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That is, but it was one wild. of those just insane things where he was uh, he was out late the night before, showed up late to the airport, didn't yeah. make it on the plane. Wow, yeah, that's wild. Um, he also didn't he direct or produce uh, Cosmos? I think he I think so. Like behind, I the think man. so. I think so. Man, huge fan. That that was a game changer for me. He, a lot of uh, I had an existential crisis after watching that that full series, but um, hey, I, I thank him for that whole thing. That was awesome. Great, <laughs> great series. I almost died because of the intensity, but pretty cool. Yeah, I, pretty cool. It was uh, it, it weighed on me. Yeah, no, I don't need things like that in my life, Mike. <laughs> tell him to tell him to stick to those comedies <laughs> to not make me think that way. But uh, Mike, so true. forty-one, turning. Uh, oh, sorry, no, forty. Did, 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 did count it up? Eight, forty-eight. Forty-eight. Go. Nice. Forty-eight nice. for Still Seth. A young guy. Yeah, it looks good too. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah, keeping keeping all the hair, keeping it all dark. You know, he's yeah. just he's, he's got it. He's got it going. Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, uh, we got a study out of the United Kingdom here. Study out of the United Kingdom revealed that 52% of British people said they use hi instead of hello in their day-to-day life, Mike. Oh, they would. They seriously would, Doc G. Word. Hi. (laughs) I don't. I don't know though. Like you know, I don't use. I was thinking about it. I don't use hell. I'm weird though. I use what's happening pretty much most of the time. Like that's <laughs> yeah. pretty much when anybody says like, "Hey," I'm like, "What's happening?" Like what's, what's happening? You know, that's usually what I go to. But in addition, Mike, forty-seven percent of folks said that hello was boring and outdated. Yeah. To which I got to say, how is it boring, though? Like, it's a word. It's one word. Yeah. Like, how do you get through that word? And a person's like, oh, uh, God, already? With the bo- hello? Took so long to get out. Like, just seems a bit much, you know? Yeah, agreed. And, and I don't know how much we can trust this study, Mike, because apparently 38% of people said they also like to use higher. As a greeting. Ew. Hiya. 
Okay, yeah. Throw the study out. Yeah. Nobody's using Haya. Anybody that comes in and says, Haya, folks, I'm going to say I don't want to associate with that person. I'm going to go. It's a murderer. I don't. It's a murderer. Can we report them? I don't want to be around this person anymore. But I was, I was thinking, like, uh, I, I don't think this this consists on the phone, though, right? Hmm. Like you, you may you may say hi instead of hello face to face, but you're not saying hi when you answer the phone when you don't know who's calling, right? Hmm. You'd sound like a nut job if that were the case. Like if you picked up the phone, um, hi. Like <laughs> who? Who? The, it's always just hello. Like it's not. Yeah. Um, hi. Like, just, <laughs> what are you a six year old? Like it's just. It's goofy, Mike. It's goofy. True. So, hello has a place, listeners. Yes! It has a time and a place. We're not getting rid of it. Nope. No. And Haya, we're getting that rid of that. That thing's yeah. out of here. Don't say Haya. Okay. You lost me. Okay, Mike. Uh, this one, I love this. This is my favorite story of the week. Uh, a lady in Gainesville, Texas, is claiming that she can't rent out her house that she owns in town because it's full of ghosts. Uh. But it's not just any old ghost, Mike. No. These are not your normal ghosts. It's full of ghosts of hookers and men that buy hookers. Wait, what? Hmm. A saloon. Tricks and Johns, <laughs> Mike. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Linda Hill bought a house called the Hill House Manor that was built mm. in the early 19th century and was apparently a brothel throughout the 1800s. She's wow. Yeah. When she said she first started renting out the house, she had received complaints from tenants that they heard voices groan, Oh, yeah. Oh, baby, yeah. And yeah, I like that. Huh? Really? They heard that, Mike. <laughs> they heard that. And then she said her first 10 tenants moved in and out in less than two years combined because of all these complaints. Hmm. 10 different groups of tenants in two years. She said uh, she didn't believe the complaints until she was actually staying in the house and she took a shower, and while taking a shower, she heard a male voice say, looking good. Yeah. Mm. Wait, what? She said, almost every psychic that has walked into the living room, Mike, has seen a dead man lying on the floor. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Mike, I love this story for so many ridiculous reasons. There is yeah. so much ridiculousness. There's a lot to like. Yeah. First of all, I love that we're meant to believe that spirits came back to roam the world as undead <laughs> entities trapped in a perpetual state of trying to get their bone on. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. what? What? what is the purpose of that? Like, every ghost story has some, like, oh, they lost their love and they're forever looking for this person. Or, like, they were tormented by war and they had, they were just out getting some <laughs> sex and they're like, all right, they're well. having a good time. Uh, it's like, what the? 
Like, isn't the idea of a ghost that they're plagued with a problem? What's the issue? They didn't have mm. enough sex, so they're just going to stick around for a while. And be Sexual like, frustration. Maybe. Just maybe. Second. Sad. It lingers. Just think about how funny this would be if it were real. Like, just think if you go over to Tim's house and you're like, Tim, what's that noise we keep he hearing over the football game? <laughs> oh, that's my loud-ass ghost continually having sex in my house. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Tim, can you keep it down? Uh, yeah. Like, I'd just, be like, hey, can a ghost come to my room, please? Just, I'm very lonely tonight. I just need some <laughs> companionship. <laughs> Well, I mean, that goes into the third thing. Like, if you're Linda, the ghosts are giving you compliments while you're showering? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Pretty awesome. I didn't, yeah. I never hear good looking in the shower. Nobody ever goes, hey, that's pretty hot. Ew. If I hear anything in the shower, it's like, oh, Jesus, keep your door locked. I didn't know you were in here. Oh, God. I mean, I don't care if it's a ghost I'm taking it from. I'll take it from anybody. That sounds great. Yeah. Compliment's a compliment. You know? <laughs> and then I love how they mentioned in the story almost every psychic that walked into the living room saw a dead man lying on the floor. Hmm. I want to know how many psychics have came into the living room. I want to know the percentage. Are we talking like... Because you said almost every. Is it like two out of three? Is it 8 mm -hmm. out of 10? 7 out of 10? Like, what are we talking here? And, yeah. And after, like, 5, did you just try, like, vacuuming before the psychics come over? Yeah. See if that takes care of the dead ghost in the living room? Sort dust. Of, yeah. Sort of like a rudimentary proton pack from Ghostbusters? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. He's trapped in the old Hoover <laughs> over here. Don't worry. We got him. Him Don't and, worry, I got him. Him and Slimer. <laughs> is that his name? What was his name? Yeah, I think, the, yeah, I think the, it was Slimer. The green guy? I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Mike, uh, we need to take a trip and see Linda uh, and check out her horny hooker ghost. Um, I'm going to tell, uh, hey, I got a medium friend, Doc G, Cindy Kaza. She will go and she will investigate and she'll film she the needs, show there. She needs to let us know if there's a dead dude in the living room. Yeah, she'll, she'll be honest. Okay. She'll be real. About that. Solid. Solid. She'll Mike, Mike, we've got news from the IRS this past Friday. Oh, you mean they, uh, I, huh? I just, never mind, Dr. G. No? Never mind. No? Did you no, hear that was... they are allowing up to $22,500 into your 401k retirement plans? What? Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't have a 401k. $22,000, <laughs> Mike, without any taxes on that 401. That's almost 10,000 or 10% higher than last year's cap. Which, Mike, this is amazing news for the almost 40% of American families that make under $50,000. Since hmm. that's roughly half their income, I'm sure they're like, oh my gosh, we have so much money to throw around in that 401k. <laughs> Mike's in that group. He can tell yeah. you. He's super excited yeah. about this information that has nothing to do exactly. with him. Oh, it's so good. Mike, I saw this, <laughs> and CNN was acting like this was such an amazing thing, and I was just like... Hmm. I got a I got a feeling like half the country is like I don't give a f man. I don't have yeah. enough money to pay rent. Come on. 
Read the room. Come on. Lord. What are you guys doing? Uh, Mike, a little snafu out of uh, Westlake, Ohio. A 50-year-old man was arrested last week after they say he offered to pay $5,000 to have someone killed. Now, there are several key points to this story, Mike. Number one, the man he was trying to kill was his son. Ooh. Yeah. Number two, the reason they found out about his attempt to kill his son was because he called the wrong number. Instead of dialing a hitman, he dialed a local business and left a voicemail (laughs) detailing the hit job. Girl, come on! Yes. Yes. When he was arrested, he blamed the voicemails on poor judgment, an argument with his son, and alcohol. Hmm. I sort of, in the moment. I sort of wonder if he thought that that combo would work on the cops. They'd be like, <laughs> you know, it was just poor judgment and alcohol. Let get out of here. Get you know out of here. You know what? You've sobered we'll up. You You've learned your lesson. <laughs> I also, I also really wish I could have been at the local business when they found that message. Like, hey Maggie. We have a couple messages, I think, on the phone for more bridal showers. Could you listen to them? Uh, I got a weird one here. This isn't really for a <laughs> bridal shower. Seems they want somebody to murder them. Uh, like, just uh, really odd. Anyways, Mike, uh, lastly, this dude's bond was set at $500,000. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of money. I get it, Mike. A lot of money. He was trying to murder his son. That's about as horrible as it gets. Yeah. But again, on a pure fiscal level, I will go back and say, we're saying that's a thousand times worse than driving around completely face for an entire night in Florida. Like again, yeah. $500, $500. For having a, a, a blood alcohol level of 0.5? Girl, come on! Really? Yeah. Anyway. It's really not good. Anyways, it's not good. I just, I'm glad Florida set a bar for our ever, uh, family. Ever, ever yeah, since like, I saw that one, Mike. Ever since I saw that <laughs> one. Now, every time I see a bond or bail, I'm just like... Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Seems like... Uh, yeah. Doesn't really add up. Anyways, Mike, we're going to take a break. We are going to hear from our fantastic guest. This is Daisy the Great with Liar right here on the Doc G Show. I exhausted all the words I know Trying to find synonyms and code So it's still You, I'm always ready. 
On the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Hmm. Subscribe to the show. Check us out. SoundCloud, Apple iTunes. And while you're there, give us a nice rating. Give us a nice thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Whatever you can do to uh, show some social proof. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some proof that you are down yeah. to clown. With the Doc yeah. G show. Word. I like mm-hmm. it, Mike. I like it. Mike, we need to give a, a shout out to one of the uh, former co hosts of the show, uh, Dave. Shout out. Okay. D- Dave uh, Burley Man Berlin uh, has had his first child. Say what? Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations, yes. Dave. That's yes. incredible. Scares me to my very core, Mike. <laughs> scares. Not, not, not for like him. 
just the thought of having a kid scares me to the very core. Yeah. So much responsibility. Yeah, so much. I guess he's lot. okay with it, but Jesus, that scares me. Ugh. Yeah. Screwing that kid up? That is tough. But he I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he'll do a fantastic job. Hudson is the name of the kid. Hudson. I like that. That's nice. I mean, it, it's no Millard, but it's good. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's a, it's a fantastic. I uh, commented on one of his uh, his pictures on Instagram, Mike. He showed Hudson at a, Hudson's first um, uh, doctor's appointment, and he had him posed like this, like one hand underneath, I guess Hudson's like butt, and one hand behind his head. You know, sort of yeah. propped up. Yeah. Yep. And Hudson's hand was coming up right where Dave's hand was behind his, his head. And it totally looked like Dave's thumb was Hudson's index finger. And in the picture, I was like, oh, my God, he's got a huge <laughs> finger. It's like the biggest <laughs> finger I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, camera magic. Okay, mm. I see. So I had to comment and let him know. At first, I thought your kid had a massive monster finger, Sweet. but I was incorrect. Sorry about that. <laughs> Anyways, congratulations to Dave. He's living his life. He's just being an adult, Mike. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about, but he's being one. So congratulations to him. You know, yeah, Mike, good for him. We need to uh, shout out the regulars. All those folks like we Anoka. Do. That is that are regulars to the show. Here we go. Very true. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Bluxy, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Ranch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, and Los Angeles, California. Born. Shout out. Nice. There we go, Mike. Nice. Regulars. Nice. Regulars. Yes. Anoka been up in that mix for a long time. They have. Thank you, Anoka. A long time. Yes. Not as long as Ashburn. Not as long as Jacksonville, obviously. Not as long as Columbia. But they've been getting it. They have mm -hmm. been getting it. And you know what they el else they've been getting, Mike? Halloween. They've been they getting do. that, too. They've been getting that as well. Mike, we need to do a couple semi-regulars. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Spartansburg, South Carolina, St. Petersburg, Russia, Las Vegas, Nevada, Union City, California, Melbourne, Australia, Redwood City, California, New York, New York, Texarkana, Texas, Bainbridge, Georgia, Washington, D.C., Homestead, Pennsylvania, Poplar Bluff, Missouri, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. Hey. Yes. Mongolia. Yeah, Mongolia. Ulan Bator. I like yeah. that. Nice. I made that pronunciation up. That could be completely wrong. Oh, okay. It's, Sounds nice. It's U-L-A-N-B-A-T-O-R. Uh, hmm. That's what I got out of it. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, it could be like uh, Ulan Bator. Who knows? I don't Still know. Still sounds cool, though. Yeah, pretty sweet place. I'm sure like it's out the, there in the middle uh, of nowhere, you know? <laughs> so true. And we appreciate them for clicking on we the do. Doc G show being out there. We appreciate it. Just like, just like Texarkana, Texas. Yeah. Thanks, Texarkana, mm -hmm. Texas. 
Anyways, Mike. Random. Mike, we need to uh, go to the previously on the Doc G show. Yes. Love it. Previously on the Doc G show. It's good. It's good. I got one that you're going to be very excited about, Mike. I hypothesize you're going to be very, very psyched. But first, Mm -hmm. we need to do a little alternate lyrics to Broadway Girl. As you recall, Mike, you asked me when we were talking about the Little Dirk, Morgan Wallen's uh, song, Broadway Girl. I told you they had a conflicting statements, logical fallacy going on in their lyrics. That's a fact. I'll remind the listeners of what that was. They said, oh, there's two things that you're going to find out. They don't love you, and they only love you right now. Which, if you take those last two things, listeners, that makes no sense. Right? (laughs) Right? They don't love you, and they only love you right now? Wait, 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 wait. You said they they don't love me, but you're saying they love me right now. Hmm. That can't be possible. They don't love yeah. me. That's the only thing that can be possible, Mike. So I have came up with three different alternate lyrics. Tell me your favorite, Mike. <laughs> Here you go. All right. First one, oh, there's two things that you're going to find out. They don't love you, and they've got gout. Huh? What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? It could be they've got a lot of uric acid. Could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Could be a really yeah. painful feat in those Broadway girls. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know, Mike. Just true. Just an idea. Yeah. Mike, here's another one. Number two. Oh, there's two things that you're gonna find out. They don't love you, and I can't count. Jeez. That's the remix mm. for Morgan Wallen there with his two reasons <laughs> that conflict with each other. Uh, Mike, the third one. I think this is my favorite. Oh, there's two things that you're going to find out. They suck, and their crotch smells like trout. Ew. <laughs> no? No? Which one's your favorite, Mike? Thank One, you, two, G. or three? I'm going to go with uh, two. I like two a lot. Can't count. Like two. Can't count. I, I like can't it. Count. I like yeah. it. Gal freaks me out, and then... Uh, <laughs> crotch crotch trouts crotch freak you out. like trout. Yeah. Freaks yeah. you out a little bit. Okay. It's, it's too real. It's too real, Doc G. It's too real sometimes. It's got me feeling know. some kind of way. It's too real. Uh, it's too real. Mike, this is, uh, like I said, I think you're going to be very excited about this. Important news. A couple of months ago, we had a talk, uh, Doc G Top 3 where we listed our favorite, our best movies we saw in theaters. You remember that mm-hmm. one? Yep. yep. One of your movies was Twister. Yeah, Twister. Twister. You said you wanted to see a sequel. Mm-hmm. Guess what, my man? Ask no and you shall receive. No way. Yeah? A sequel is supposed to begin filming in spring next year. Bill Paxton? He's dead. He's, oh, he's not alive. He did die. Yeah. I forgot he died. Yeah, R.I.P. What about the other R. lady? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, 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 what's her name? Helen Helen Hunt. Helen. Helen Hunt. Yeah, She's Helen still Hunt. alive. She's still alive. I wonder if she's gonna. They're gonna bring her back. Well, Seymour Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman, was in that movie too. Yeah, he passed he's, away. He's, he's, yeah. yeah, he's not gonna yeah. be back. But but you know, uh, uh, there were some people that were saying they they weren't feeling it because of that. But like I was like, you could easily write that into the script though and make a really great script. I mean, they're storm yeah. chasers. It's a risky biz. It there is, would be yeah. a pretty easy that, way yeah. of of making something happen, and that's what the whole crux 
of the storyline is built off of, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and, 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 Mike, I will add this. Bill Paxton's son said he's A-OK with it. That's a fact. He said that he said he is 100% in on the on the uh, sequel. So there you go. So there you go. Yeah. So all the naysayers out there, screw it. His family said it was cool. So I can't wait. That's awesome. I, I feel sad about Bill Paxton passing away. It's like I'm reliving this. Yeah, or you, you, <laughs> block, totally you blocked I totally it out forgot. because you were so upset about yeah. it. And then you, I reminded you, I'm sorry to rain on the excitement of the sequel because okay. you forgot about that. But yes. 8.7. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> regardless, regardless, Mike, <laughs> the sequel is coming out. Shout out. Cool. Shout out to the original. Shout, shout out. out. And I will say... You know, Bill Paxton, there are a couple of movies that I love to Bill Paxton, but I will say Philip Seymour Hoffman, my God. Any movie any yeah. movie that guy was in, he 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 owned. He owned those movies. Yeah, he did. Like he crushed I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, he really did. Uh, um Charlie's War. Uh you remember that one? Oh man. Mm. That he's, he was amazing in that movie. And then of course, of course, along came Polly. That's the reason that movie is awesome. There is no other yeah. reason that that movie is awesome besides, I mean, he has the sharding scene. If you don't know what I'm talking yeah. <laughs> about, go watch it, listeners. He has the the Iceman scene, white chocolate on the basketball court. Make it rain. There's just so many good parts of it, and it's all him, man. It's all him. Yeah. And then almost, He's an incredible almost famous, where he was the the uh, the crazy disc jockey uh, journalist on there. Oh, so good! Not disc jockey, sorry, just journalist. So good, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Such an. Am- what about Capote? Did you ever see that? So movie? good there too. He played such a good. I never watched such that. a good creepy fellow. You know, he played a yeah. Capote was so so amazing in Cold Blood, man. Capote, a real good a yeah. real good book, a true book, really creepy. Hmm. Anywho. I sidelined about Philip Seymour Hoffman there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Twister Twister 2 coming. Coming soon, everyone. Anyway, (laughs) uh, Mike, are you ready for some quick hitters? Hmm. Yes, I'm very ready for some quick hitters. Okay, Mike. uh, (laughs) There's a delay. No, you had to think about it. You had to weigh it on your scale of 10. I was thinking Twister F2. (laughs) No, I don't know. I was thinking of uh, like alternate. uh, (laughs) What could be the title? Uh, Mike, several media outlets had had to put out stories on Monday letting folks know that the National Security Conference on Monday was not about TikTok. Many social media uh, uh, goers were concerned that the U.S. government was uh, going to ban TikTok. Word. But rest easy, Mike. It wasn't true. Thank God. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, Mike. That by far <laughs> was my biggest worry for this country. Yeah. Now that we've cleared that off, clear sailing. Am I right? Woo! Yeah. Nothing yeah. else to worry about. We- We're all good. Uh, Mike, Steven Seagal made headlines because he released a video on Instagram <laughs> where he wished Vladimir Putin a happy birthday Oh my god. And gosh. called him one of the greatest world leaders. Oh, come on, man. Steven Seagal. Duh. I can only imagine how that conversation went down at like Seagal Media. Can you just imagine him with like whatever managers he has? Like, all right, Steve, uh, we need to, what we need to do is 
get you in a great nostalgia movie that reminds people about your great movies in the 80s, like Hard to Kill, Marked for Death, Out for Justice. We're in the talks, or we're in talks with Paramount about a great movie. We need you at the meeting today by 12. Hmm. Okay, that sounds good, guys. Uh, first, I got to make this happy birthday video for Vladimir Putin. What? Whoa, whoa Steve, Steve, Steve. Uh, could you not do that? That's not going to help us with any of our other projects. I hear you, 100%. But he's sort of my bro, so I've got to make this video. Uh, Steve, Steve, nobody in the world likes him except for you. Uh-huh. So what you're saying is, if I make this happy birthday video, it'll actually improve both of our images. Sort of like a rising tides lift all boats sort of deal. Am I right? We're all going to come up? No! No, don't do it, no. Steve. No, Stop no, no. it. And just don't. Fantastic, Mike. And then he breaks their neck. He <laughs> 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 breaks everybody's neck. And all right. of his hair, painted hair, falls off. Anyways, uh, his hair is so ridiculous right now, Mike. It's a, it, it, yeah. it is literally. I haven't seen him in a long time. I got to Google a picture. No, no, I definitely Google a picture from Instagram. like after 2016. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Mike. Recently, a painting from 1937 titled Mr. Pynchon and the Setting of Springfield, painted by Umberto Romano, has been under speculation on Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram because it seemingly has a Native American who looks like he's using an iPhone. <laughs> Leading some to suspect time traveler. So true time traveler obviously right mike mm. yeah definitely that's the answer time travel yeah the thing that has never happened that's the answer <laughs> not not that the artist painted something that looks like a phone like a hand mirror and we're just so yeah. used to seeing phones in everyone's hands yeah. that that's what we see no 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 it's got to be the impossible no. thing yeah that one yeah it's got to be an iphone that's iphone time traveler obviously Obviously. Uh, Mike, last one. A woman named Jody Tavares, who is a waitress at Hooters, went viral on TikTok when she made a video seemingly exposing a man for his infidelity. She told her viewers that a man seemingly on a date came in and gave his, uh, his number to her when, her when his date wasn't looking. And she said in her video, mm. I'm tired of men acting like this. That's a fact. Exactly, Mike. Exactly. Can you believe yeah. there are men out there that believe Hooters is an acceptable <laughs> date location? Hey, baby. Got a, got a good place for us tonight. All the wings you can handle, my lady. All of them. <laughs> sauced or not sauced. Ow! Uh, Mike... Later, in the comments, she told followers that the man reached out to her and told her that it was her sister, that is, it was his sister in the, uh, in the restaurant with him. Mm. Okay. Okay. Now, it's not an acceptable dining location for you and your sister. Hey, sis, <laughs> you looking to get some food? I know just the place. All the wings you can handle, sis. Not... Not okay. Still not okay. 
Mike, <laughs> we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Daisy the Great right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are super happy to have Minna and Kelly, two fantastic songwriters and artists, better known collectively as Daisy the Great. Ladies, how's it going? It's Hello. good. How it's are you? Doing well. Thank you. <laughs> doing good. Doing good. So I want to I wanna hop in because you guys have got a lot of exciting stuff going on. Of course, I think the most exciting thing, well, maybe, depends on how you look at it. You've got an album coming out. Uh, all you need is time, and it's coming out in just a matter of days, October 28th. Uh, so all you need is time is the second album in the career of Daisy the Great. How, how do you feel? How, how, how are you feeling coming up to this release? How does it feel different from that first release? It feels really, really exciting. I think that this one feels like so important to us because a lot like I think after we released our first album, we had, like pretty much like right when we re- released it, we had stopped playing the songs from it because mm. we like had written a bunch of new songs and we were so excited to perform them. Um, so this album that's coming out is a lot of songs that we've been like working on for like years and years and years. And like, it just like really feels like such a, is so anticipated for us like it's it's something that, that these songs are like so important to us and like we're very like writing them was very i think pivotal for us in, in yeah this, in this band so it feels even more sort of you're you, you've got more anticipation for this one than you did for the first one definitely <laughs> i think yeah part of it is also just like the amount of time and the amount that we've learned uh as a band and leading up to this moment, I feel like for the first EP and the first record, we were still kind of like finding our footing, which I think was really important and like pivotal in its own way. But this one kind of feels like we're starting from a point of like, okay, we know what we're doing. And like now that we know what we're doing a little bit more and have a little bit more like agency and control over what we want, um, it just feels really like big <laughs> to be to be putting out uh, like the culmination of that effort over over the years. It's also like, I think putting out the first couple of like things, like projects we put out, like we didn't know, like the, the people listening to it until later in time were, were just like friends and we yeah. didn't have like any like knowledge of people kind of outside of ourselves and our friends that yeah. like, knew about our music, like besides like our smaller like community in New York. And I think this is the first time like 
we're putting like a big project out that like we know that like people are gonna listen to it who yeah. like we don't know <laughs> so <laughs> i think that, like like i don't know if we uh, like felt like a like real band for a really like right well, i mean you got you time. you got a million monthly listeners waiting to hear it on spotify so that right. is that is a definitely <laughs> different feeling for sure yeah. for sure well now yeah like when the first record came out we were like when we put out a song we were like excited if it like passed a thousand listens you know we what? were like this is like yeah and amazing. I, like, I tell people all is. the time it is i mean that's the thing is, is you get somebody know, to yeah, listen so to true. your music you know regardless of how much a person coming in from the outside and just appreciating that music whether it's one or a million is amazing but Absolutely. then when you've got a million then it is like wow okay this this heightens it a little bit this is <laughs> it's definitely scarier like it, there's definitely also like the other side of it is just like there's room for like definitely feel like i think the releasing the first one was like a more of a safe feeling because mm -hmm. you're like the the people that are going to respond to this are like my friends and stuff and i'm going to feel really like good yeah. but like y you don't know how people are going to react like especially just like a bunch of strangers on the internet you know <laughs> like it's definitely scary wild card you never know about those crazy folks <laughs> on the internet <laughs> can go anyway uh well now after the release though you get you get a little bit of real-time reaction because you've got a tour coming uh with the, the happy fits 22 states yeah. in about a month and a half insane like i just always i'm <laughs> such a i'm such a person that hangs out at home so much i'm like oh my god so much traveling oh that's so much time but like seeing how as you guys you've been performing most of your lives uh you went to school for acting i'm guessing live performance is is right up there as far as one of your favorite things to do i mean i know it's Definitely. a huge gear shift but how excited do you guys get to to go out on the road we're super excited we definitely like started off uh as performers i think in all aspects and like recorded music definitely came second for a long time which is part of why this you know album took a sec is because we were like so excited to be performing it and like booking ourselves as mm -hmm. much as we could that we were kind of putting you know the actual going into the studio and recording the music as a, a second yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> like an action item in the plan um, we definitely are so like performing artists first and then recording first. yeah well, I, I always, um, I always so ask, really I ask, you know, uh, artists sort of to, to rank the three as far as what you, as far as importance for you, as far as performing, uh, song writing and then song recording. And I would sort of put mm -hmm. it in that order for you. Would that be right? As far as performing songwriting and, and recording, or would you switch record our songwriting? Honestly, I feel like it changes depending on the time. I, I would have said growing up, I would have said performing first and then, yeah, I mean, I would have probably said that order, but I feel like now there are definitely, we're in a position, I think, where we're really lucky to be able to like kind of have some of that time like we know that we're gonna have time to record and we know that we're gonna have time to perform and so that kind of gives us the ability to like deep dive into it at mm -hmm. the time like i think there have been times where we're like 
okay, right now is going to be like a songwriting only thing. And then when we feel that urge to have that time that's dedicated specifically to that, I do feel like we give everything to it. And like, I'm not, you know, feeling like I wish I could be performing right now. I feel like I'm down to dedicate the time. Yeah. Like I'm ready to dedicate that time. And it feels like we choose the moment that feels like we need to write a song (laughs) to be that time that we're doing it. And if we're not feeling it, we just like won't do it (laughs) until it's time. I feel like I hold all three of those like pretty um, equally, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think that it, in, I think the more like, I think the reason we were kind of performance artists first is because that's kind of what we had access to and like what we were exposed to as children like I didn't know that people like recorded music really when I was a kid like I I like I was surrounded by performers and like I grew up in New Orleans and like everybody was it was all live music like all live performance and like that's kind of how I grew up and then when I like discovered like what it felt like to be in the studio I got really excited because I think that there's like so many I mean there's like magic in all of it. There's magic in like creating something from nothing and like the songwriting process. There's a there's magic in like anything can happen in a live performance and you're like feeding off of the audience and like that's a really special moment. And there's also magic in like being able to like make something sound exactly the way you want it to sound. And like I think that that like there's something in live performance that like I always found like it's it's both amazing and frustrating when you're like i know how i want this to mm-hmm. sound but like there's so many things out of my control that like i can't yeah like figure out the sound but like in a studio you can kind of like move what's in your head to like be yeah. what people hear and i think that that's so cool and like something that we get like we're very lucky to be able to do the yeah. perfectionism comes out in you there and then exactly it's like the wild kid and the perfectionist like get to both <laughs> have their moments you know nice not yeah it, it makes sense it definitely makes a, it's it's just a continuous rotation of which one's at the time which one you're more focused on yeah uh, yeah now important question on the the performances minna is your cat alien going to be properly cared for <laughs> while you're on tour uh yeah I, I love that you know who my cat is i actually have two cats but alien's my baby favorite. baby is the other one yeah wow you did your research do i I, I, I do it i do it. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a tabby what can i say i, I love they're tabby so, cats they're literally the best cats ever um they are they're actually like my roommate's cat so she's gonna definitely take care of them Fantastic. and someone's gonna stay um in my room so they'll have plenty of nice like, cuddles okay. yeah but uh they'll definitely miss me whenever i come go on tour and come home like i'll sit at home. literally one day last tour i like came home for one day for our new york show and i the whole day like i was supposed to do stuff that day but the whole day i sat in a chair on my phone with my cat in my lap and that's all we like took pictures together and that's all we did <laughs> for hours hours it was it was awesome honestly there were there were <laughs> lots of there were lots of meows questioning whether you're going to leave or not again are you going you're here right you're gonna be here right just want to make sure i love that about cats they have to come back in and be like you're still here okay still they're still here yeah yeah yeah. they haven't left yet okay (laughs) good because i was i was about to say if you needed somebody i would drive up to new york for 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 alien i can't yeah he's literally the best can't leave a tabby hanging can't leave a tabby (laughs) hanging uh well that's new york is the birthplace of your band that's obviously you guys met at nyu and minna you mentioned you you came from new orleans 
and Mm -hmm. obviously very different, very different of a city. Uh, uh, And I sort of wondered, were you one of those people that was thinking sort of your whole childhood, thinking like, I want to go to New York. That's the performance place. I got to go to New York. Or was it like when you got to college, you were like, yeah, that seems like a good school. Let's go there. Uh, I... My dad was from New York um, and he passed away when I was six years old. Um, so I always like felt to kind of like pull to kind of like be connected to him in some way. He was a painter uh, and I, yeah, I didn't, I never got a driver's license <laughs> and I kind of like, well, I liked the idea. The New York's <laughs> convenient. Yes. All right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I really wanted to move to New York. I really like wanted to be a performer and I like went to New York for acting school at NYU and just like being there and like the freedom of like just kind of getting around. And I, I just loved the, the layout of the city and like kind of everywhere you go is a place where I feel like there's a lot of places where you have to travel mm. many miles to get to a place that feels like a place, mm-hmm. um, at least in, in terms of cities. Like I, I also really love like more like kind of like lush natural places yeah. and stuff. But I think that in terms of like living in a city where like you want to perform and there's like a scene and stuff like going, I, I just love how, New York is and how you can kind of get anywhere without a car and like um, be and kind of wander into little pockets and like find really cool stuff happening. Um, I've seen so many shows that I've just wandered into that have like four people in the audience and I'm just like this is the best thing I've ever seen like there's just so much like talent and creativity everywhere and I really like I'm inspired by the city a lot. It is impressive I mean you know it's a city where you can live your whole life and still find new things when you're 65 years old and go, what? I had no idea. I've lived here 65 years. Yeah. And I think New Orleans is really similar. So I think that that's like, because it's something I grew up on and Kelly also grew up in Manhattan. Like we both grew up in cities where that's happening that like, I don't know if like it would have been very easy for me to like move to a place where that wasn't happening. (laughs) You know, I would feel it missing. Yeah. Yeah, well, now I, I'm get. I mean, as far as those performances, though, it, it's sort of like you mentioned. Was, was, band wasn't high on your priority list. I'm guessing when you went to NYU, you weren't thinking like, "Let's get a band going." <laughs> I didn't know I was capable of starting a band. Like, I think like yeah. Kel and I like. I don't think that our like social circles like we didn't really like know people in bands and stuff. Right. Like I like had a. I had a. I was performing like by myself at that time and I would just like play with the guitar or piano Mm -hmm. and I remember going to college being like okay well I'm studying acting but like I still sing and I kind of always had this like push and pull between doing like theater and uh and film and doing recorded music and performing uh like as a singer Mm -hmm. And so I remember being like, okay, I'm going to college for acting. I'm going to put my all into it. But also, like, finally, I'm going to be that that girl that, like, posts the thing that says, like, guitarist wanted, like, yes. drummer wanted. Starting like, a band. The little thing. Like, I was like, that's how, I don't know how to do it other than that. And then <laughs> eventually we, we started writing together. And then we were like, oh, wait, there are people that we know that... Yes. <laughs> like we can just like 
ask a friend to do it. We can <laughs> jam. Like, we can do I it. I know. I just wanted the the movie moment of posting the you know band members yeah. wanted. Yeah, Who? I think also just like in general, like <laughs> I wanted to make like band music and I didn't know how to play the guitar or anything. So I was like, oh, well, I can't perform like this because I don't know how to do it. And like slowly yeah. learned how. And like, I think that that's part of it, too. It's like it's so daunting when you don't know how to do something like to yeah start doing it or just like dive in and be like, it'll 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 work out. Just, just the band sort of environment is a little bit daunting to look at people that already play you know and are doing gigs and you're like whoa there that's intense that's intense yeah well that's a real (laughs) kelly if you if you put up those flyers who'd be like because you know in all the old school flyers you gotta have like guitarist wanted must like whatever bands who would be on there as far as must like i would say probably a wide variety i would say some would be like fiona apple i would also say like something like i would say bowie i would say queen i would say also like simon and garfunkel like harmony forward like i would want to i think our band members uh are like my ideal band members and they are the best at like knowing that Minna and I want to have a very vocal forward thing going on mm-hmm. while having like a super, you know, powerful instrumentation behind it. Yeah, um, and an so instrumentation I, I think, that's like unique and like strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would pick like anyone that feels kind of, you know, experimental and like lyric driven and on <laughs> sounding. <laughs> if, if we're putting decades on it, as far as on must like this decade, would it be 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s? I think, honestly, we kind of, like, draw from a lot. I would say there are songs that feel like 60s and 70s inspired that we have, but there's definitely songs that have, like, a 90s, 2000s moment. And, like, we'll just be writing a song and then be like, this moment is even if it's like part of a song will be like this reminds me of Britney Spears mm-hmm. and we're just gonna know that it's that mm-hmm. in our heads and sometimes also, it's like it doesn't end up sounding like that but we all know that we're like yeah. referencing it in a kind of gentle way yeah but also like something we like to do when we're writing is like take the reference and then like flip it so like if a yeah. part like if a vocal part feels very like 60s then we'll try to make the like instrumentation more like 2022 you know like it's just like yeah yeah like make it something that feels because we never want to kind of just like make something that already exists right Um, yeah so a lot of times we'll like we like to yeah like flip things on their head if we're like heavily like in our song cry in the mirror we like heavily reference like kind of like 60s like beatles vibes in Mm -hmm. like the verse and then the chorus we like move to be completely like kind of noisy and like yeah yeah and like we just like to, if we're really going to heavily reference something, like what can we do to like make it exist in the time that is now? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I would say easy. I get like in the instrumentation, especially the beginning, you get a real sort of funk seventies drive and that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> love, love that feel of the intro of that song. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Well now uh, sort of going back, uh, to when you guys did start, you, you started, you were three de- years deep into school. 
Uh, it was yeah. a sketch comedy class. Uh, yes. That was the class, and I sort of saw that, and I said, "All right, what was the comedy like? How how good would you say if you were rating each other's comedy in the class? Were you like this 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 is a joker right here? This is." I think, well, I think we both know that the other one is really funny. I'm not quite sure that our comedy was coming across, uh, you know, at its height in that class. I feel like some, like, I don't know, the structure no, of, the structure of comedy, like, kind of, you know, dulls my shine a little mm. bit. But I don't I think, think Kelly and I are <laughs> sketch comedy writers. I think that, right. like, I think Kelly is, like, one of the funniest people I know. And, like, I think that we're both pretty funny, like, at just, like, being ourselves. Like, I think our, yeah. like, our well, banter is pretty funny. Like, more improv. Like, talking and stuff. It's not even improv. It's not, it's just yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think we're good at, like, I don't think we care about being characters. Like, I think that we, like, I don't think we're, like, I think there's people who are really talented at stuff like that. And I don't know if, like, that's where we shine the most. I think we're funny, kind of like off the cuff, just like being yeah. ourselves. Natural. I like it. Reality Kelly's comedy. Kelly's a really, it, it, Kelly tells the best story. Anybody, like, can, like Kelly, Kelly can captivate, like, like, you know how people tell stories and everybody kind of zones out? Oh, yeah. Kelly's, like, so good at Opposite. Like, I like to lead them astray before I tell them the real thing oh, yeah. the story is about. I'll, like, really make it dramatic. Draw yeah. them in. I like it. I, I like try. It. You need to have you need to have a track on the next album that's just that's a story, a just a just that's a, a good idea. Well. Just throw that in, like yeah, intro, outro, somewhere <laughs> in the middle, something like that. Uh, well, now I was listening to a record that's like that. What was that? Yeah. Do you remember the uh, Harry Nelson uh, the Point record? It's it's a storybook and it's really good. Nice. Yeah. Not yeah. I mean, every now and then, you know, especially if it goes along with the vibe of the album, really works. Right. Well, uh, I mean, as far as that, obviously, as like you, you mentioned earlier, you were in that uh, in that class. After that class, you guys started creating a musical about a band. Uh, yeah. How long into that musical process did it take you before you were like, you know what? This could be a band. <laughs> this this could just be yeah. us playing music. Right. We wrote once the we, whole yeah. of this. We wrote the script, uh, and then we wrote part. Uh, we wrote one very epic song that was <laughs> more like theatrical, um, because our our idea was to have like some theatrical songs and then like band like rock music, and so we wrote this one very epic song, and then. After that, we were like, okay, well, we have that. Let's work on, like, the music music of the band's music in mm -hmm. the show. And then we started to pull out songs that we'd written on our own in the past. Uh, just basically being like, we need indie rock music. I have indie rock music <laughs> I got in some my of that. pocket here. There we go. To show. <laughs> yeah, to start with. And then... We basically just started sharing it with each other. And, like, that day, we we posted a video of like recording we like made a, a video singing one of the songs and put it on the internet uh, out there <laughs> just for like our friends not on like on youtube i don't think yeah. right i don't think it was, maybe it was on youtube but, um, gonna have to go dig and see if it's out there somewhere and then basically immediately i don't even remember 
anything past that day of like not having a band. I think we just were like immediately stopped working. We never ever worked on the musical again. Never again. We, we only... were so excited <laughs> and we've been excited yeah. about it for like since ever then. since. Like, we, like <laughs> yeah. literally like we made it up. We had no idea what we were doing. We came up with the name and then we were like, everything we everything I thought about yeah. was the band. I was like, this yeah. is like the best, this like feels like the most right that anything has ever felt in my life. Like I never felt like quite in the right place or like I like was happy doing the things I was doing. Like I, like, I definitely felt like happy and fine, but like I didn't, like that was the most, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. And like, I would yeah. spend yeah. like every hour outside of like work and anything, just like thinking about it and how to like keep it going and like how to, yeah. like, me and Kelly were just always on the phone, like having creative ideas. Like, what if we made a video like this? And like, let's, let's do a photo shoot like this. Like we were so, so excited. And like, I think nice. that energy has like carried throughout yeah. the process. Lock and key felt fit fit like a glove from the beginning i love it yeah <laughs> well, well now i uh, you mentioned it a little bit when you pull out those songs kelly and you were like oh uh, i've got some of these i i've heard you talk about this before it's sort of like you got like a a treasure trove of like little pieces <laughs> of songs bits and pe uh, a riff here a chorus Ooh. there melody there yeah <laughs> like you seem to pull these out at all of the necessary times in the songwriting process like oh hey we could use this i have this i know <laughs> yeah i definitely i get into a uh, i think it might be a bad habit <laughs> but i'll write something and then i i do think it's it's been positive i feel like i write good stuff this way but i will write like part of a song and then if i don't feel like I think my experience songwriting is most often that the song comes to me more than that I'm like looking for it and like a lot of the time if I feel like a song is there it's not challenging to finish it mm -hmm. and so if I'm writing something and I feel like super clear and super inspired about something I'll get as far as, you know, it seems like it's it's happening. And then, and then if I'm like, okay, well, this isn't the whole song, but like, I don't know what's coming next. I'll just wait. <laughs> and sometimes I'll wait literally for like years and years and years. And then I'll be writing something else. And then I'll be like, oh, this is that song. These are the same song. These things belong together. That song is now done. Um, but it works out really well sometimes if we're like going into the studio to work on something and we need like a jumping off point. Sometimes I'll be like, I've had this chorus that I think is rock solid, but it has nothing, you know, it has yeah. no verses yet. And it's just really like a good. nice, interesting spot. Yeah. For us to be like, okay, well, I didn't like, I didn't finish this by myself. So like, it's a great opportunity to be like, I'm going to throw everything at it and let's see yeah. what, you know, makes sense. It's also good just because I think sometimes, I mean, sometimes writing off the cuff is really good and like it's yeah. exactly where you're at and you're able to like really come up with stuff. But I think that there is something that, especially like in the like world that we're in right now of just like the like kind of pressure to like constantly put stuff out mm -hmm. and like constantly be making stuff. Like there is something to like things not um, taking the time all the time that they need yeah. or like yeah. the, the like the thought um because a lot of like the best songs that we've written like 
do have things that like we've been sitting on for a really long time that like still speak to us and i think that there is like that's something i really admire about kelly is that like she like does not like kind of work on something unless it like really is like fully good. thought out <laughs> and good and like I think we're complimentary to each other because a lot of times I'll yeah. just like randomly throw stuff and like it'll it'll be great but like it's it's definitely just try um, to get it finish more grind it a little bit more yeah, like, yeah. I like, I I think like to like that. kind of follow but I think that when Kel like it's nice when you're like in a place where it's like write a song that you have something that has substance because a lot of times when you're like okay I'm gonna write a song right now and you don't really have an idea like you can end up right. writing a song kind of about nothing that is just kind of like a vibe um so it's cool to have like a kind of grounded idea to start with and I think the thing that you can like the thing that I sense in myself that makes me stop pushing is like I can feel that I haven't learned just as a person I haven't learned what I need to say in this song yet. Like mm. I can tell that I'm pointing to something in me that's like in the middle of working itself out. And sometimes like the song will be about, you know, that I'm working it out and like that I'm not there yet. But I think a lot of the time, like there's so much power to finishing the song as an older version of yourself that is like now with like this perspective, I can see what I was doing then and I can like say the thing that feels like the hardest thing to say and like point to the truth of what was going on instead of like writing the whole thing about the kind of like wishy-washy feelings like yeah. you include that but then you also say like the hard part of this moment was this like now that I'm kind of like out Hindsight. of it I can see that like yeah. yeah exactly like I can point to the thing that like makes me you know get back make you feel that way yeah and understand it yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah well i mean it makes it makes a ton of sense actually I, I don't think you know you said you don't know if it's a good thing or not i think a lot of songwriters do that <laughs> i mean you know uh we just yeah. had jim lauderdale on the show who's been writing for 40 years won two grammys worldwide yeah. acclaim and that's exactly what he said he's like i've got bits and pieces that i've accumulated yeah. for long times that i don't know what to do with this i don't know what to do with oh. that and <clears throat> that's nice I, yeah i, I think i you know i think i think and, and it, <laughs> it really it really helps i mean you know when you got a partner like minna then that you can yeah. bounce it off of and go hey what about this? Does this work? Do hey, I does do this? Yeah. 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 Well, now, the, yeah. the most popular song uh, you guys have, uh, as far as streaming right now, uh, is Record Player. Uh, your version, the original's 24 million streams by itself on Spotify. Uh, the yeah. version with AJR is 39 million. Um, and I heard crazy. this... Oh <laughs> I, <laughs> I I heard this was one of those songs that Kelly you had written prior to to sort of starting the band as far as the majority. Yeah. Minna, when when she played that, when you heard that originally, were you like, "Whoa, we got to put I this like, out." Yeah, I was like, "This is like the best <laughs> song I've ever." Like it was just like the catchiest thing I'd ever yeah heard and i was like you're like a brilliant person like i was stuck <laughs> in my head constantly i remember like like before like we were really a band like i <laughs> it was like right when kelly like showed me the song and i like learned like how to play it on like guitar and stuff and i like me and my friend bridget would like sit and sing it all the time because we were like <laughs> just like so obsessed with it and i remember going to <laughs> 
the the first not to uh I think I told Kelly this but I remember going to uh Berlin with my friend and we like wandered into this like German like open mic and uh you took credit for it did you did I did you, not take credit for it <laughs> I would have <laughs> totally I've been like yeah that's my song isn't it amazing no, totally I, me I went we were like we want to like perform at this open mic and like the only song I knew how to play on guitar was record player nice. so I like <laughs> uh like stood up like in front of like three people at, at like an open mic in Germany and like sung the record player song with Bridget and I was like my friend wrote this <laughs> and, like, nice I like sung it and then like and then like me and my friend like made up I was like okay we're gonna make up a song now and I just kind of like played different chords and like improvised a song and like my friend thought that I had like already written the song and I didn't <laughs> and they like just walked <laughs> off the stage and I was like why did you leave the stage and they were like oh I thought you were like singing your own song and I was like no no I said we were gonna make up the song like <laughs> you left me hanging in the middle come on <laughs> Well, the, yeah, that was a that was an early performance of record player. The Sorry, response was the, the the three people. Was it a good response from the three people? Yeah, they were into it. Absolutely. Nice. nice. I wonder if any of them remember, like they hear it on the radio. Gotta hunt them like, down. Oh, funny. Where this where are they now? The three yeah, people at the, sure. <laughs> the open mic in Germany. <laughs> uh, well, now the the song went. You know, one of the big uh, propellants of the song was that it went sort of nuts on TikTok. And it's yeah. had two rounds on TikTok, and, and it just—I mean—it continuously people still use it on TikTok in their their videos. But like, I heard when you first found out about this, you guys had no idea. Like, you had no idea what TikTok was. And I gotta ask: yeah. Did you instantly feel <laughs> old when you had no idea about the? So you're like, what? There's a social media? What's going on? Did you feel yeah, that oldness? Yeah, I mean, I, we knew about TikTok for just sure. Just never used we just it. We didn't have, okay. yeah, we didn't, we didn't have TikTok. We didn't know what it was like, all about. What it was about. I feel like, too, like, I think it's a, it's a big challenge being an artist at this time in the world. But I definitely was making an effort to like not join new social media at the time I was like I don't know that this is like the best thing for my brain and I kind of like I'm just gonna not download TikTok so that's agree. like part of the reason is that I was like I'm not gonna have it but yeah. then uh was having this moment of fan put it on TikTok so we like had no you know no um role in that and yeah. initially we were like, that's awesome that it's, you know, having a moment and we are just going to like sit back. And then eventually I think we just got kind of into it and it seemed like fun and like people yeah. were doing well, like. Also like we were in a yeah. like quarantine. Like I think. I know. Yeah. Definitely. It like, started. The rise of like. It had its moment. Like, I, yeah. Oh yeah. I feel yeah, like the people like, that weren't going to join joined when like they, they, yeah, everyone had we like caved. nothing to do yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was really exciting and like really inspiring in a lot of ways to see people like taking this song and just making it their own thing. Like it definitely feels yeah. like it it changed uh, it changes constantly yeah. like in the hands of other people and it's like you set the yeah. you know baby free. It's also <laughs> so funny that like the first like like the first sound of like rec the record player song was like uploaded by like 
I don't know who the, oh, their fan. name. Yeah. It was like like flower underscore bubble or something like like you know like it was someone's like random username yeah. was the like <laughs> was the official like that was the launch record player viral sound. <laughs> well, like I but I think that's special too that like it's just something definitely. that like caught like, on without natural. like any kind yeah. of like big push or anything. Oh yeah. Exciting. I mean, it's it's along with playlists now. It's like the most organic thing you have as far and um, organic. I mean, you know, more organic I would say than playlists because obviously playlists usually you got somebody that's picking those songs out and like usually, the curation. Yeah, of play, yeah, totally. yeah. But like I, I know I. It's like you said, Kelly. I know like it's it's a great thing about music is that everybody can sort of make it their own. But at the same time, some of those TikToks when I watch it with record player, I'm like. I don't really see the connection <laughs> you guys have with this there was, song. In the like, beginning, there was a lot of, like, POV videos about, like, telling your twin. Yeah. And we were just like, we don't... <laughs> yeah, how, like... What's I, going on? It's like, the connection here I'm losing. I don't know. I Maybe, I don't know. You're going to have to explain it. But, uh, Jack... They were cool, though. Like, in the beginning, there, were a lot, there was a lot of, like gore makeup and stuff mm -hmm. which like men and i coming from doing theater honestly i was like i'm i've taken a I'm sfx down. makeup class like i'm i'm in i'm here for the you i know, like hands, the freaky stuff the hand like... slice yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly i'm 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 more into like the freaky stuff than like the like <laughs> challenges and yeah like, i think that it's so sick nice now well now uh jack from a ajr reaches out he lets you know record player uh catchiest song he's ever heard um <laughs> now when you when you hear when you hear something like that i sort of wonder is, is, is it is it affirmation that you're like yeah obviously we wrote it or is it like you know like what <laughs> that guy because i mean ajr has definitely taken off in the last several years i mean you know definitely they got yeah. now 12 million monthly listeners on spotify or something like that so is it like yeah or were you guys sort of like what really that guy's listening to the song and he's amazed by it? Yeah. Definitely. I, mean, I feel like anyone, like, I I think that it's really challenging to imagine this, the, like, reach that anything that you make can have, especially, like, the internet and, like, it's just not, you can't visualize it at all. I mean, I can't anyway visualize, like, the amount of people, like, even just saying, like, however many people are listening it's like i can't imagine yeah. that <laughs> so yeah. i think anytime anyone hears it it's it was like extremely you know amazing for anyone to be reaching out and saying like i listen and especially yeah. like jack reaching out was so cool we were like this is yeah. like um, insane and especially to have them like saying something really kind about it it's just like really exciting and yeah. we appreciated it a lot i also just think that in general like this especially just like where the like industry is at right now like it's really really like easy to have imposter syndrome and stuff and like yeah. to like just like have that kind of like validation from other artists in any way of just being like you're also a real artist you're like oh okay yeah, <laughs> cool, <I think>. yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah. Well, well, I mean, along with that, obviously you recorded, uh, re-recorded the song, and then you also performed a bunch. You had a whole bunch of shows with AJR, and yeah. I mean, huge shows like the New Year's Eve show, and it just uh, th thousands of people so cool. shows. 
And I saw one TikTok you posted before one of those shows where you had, you know, the pre-show jitters going a little bit. And it was, oh, you know, how... How were the nerves when you first started doing those sh shows? I mean, obviously, you you guys have been performing your whole life, but right. when you get that show, was it, a, was it was an extra level of, of nervousness? Yeah. I, yeah, it was definitely an extra level. I think there's something like playing on the stage. I actually felt like shockingly comfortable i think there's something about having space on a stage that makes me feel like more at ease even if there's like way more people like just having a stage that you can like walk around mm -hmm. and like we we switch to like using wireless mics and stuff and mm -hmm. i think like having freedom to move around made me feel like a lot more at home and i think maybe even like coming from doing theater like it's you're like i don't know i wasn't like taken aback that much by like a big like you know dark crowd like dark yeah. room um but i think that where our nerves came in really hard was like we went on stage just sing record player during ajr's set yeah and like that was mind-blowing like the audience was so excited <laughs> for them and like it's the type of crowd that's just like jumping and like the lights are amazing and that's like something that felt so yeah. big that i think we would be like standing on the side and the wings like in the dark being like okay okay yeah we're gonna run on stage and be like on in like one second and for right now i'm just gonna like Boom. sip my water yeah. and like shake yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's also crazy because like that type of like moment is something where you feel like you could literally do anything and everyone would be like yeah. yeah like i think that like there's like a different like when we were doing our set opening you gotta them, win them over you gotta win them over but yeah. like that felt like you were like welcomed into a, like a club and everybody was like you're the best person ever yeah. and you're like yeah. okay like it did it and like, there's just so like you can feel the energy from everyone so like i don't know what word i mean but the energy is Maybe I mean palpable, it, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like so, so much like force coming at you. Yeah. That it's like you feel yeah, you have no you idea what you're it doing so either. Yeah, like, I think the first couple of shows, I don't even know like what I said. We were like, like sort of blackout. Yeah, we were like running around. What happened? <laughs> yeah, but then eventually we got the hang of it. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I, I started, I, we stopped feeling yeah. so. I think the first you know, few were like pretty manic and like, <laughs> you know, we're like running around and then we would be like, who saw, like, who saw me? Did you guys see me? Like, dude, I, I like dropped my mic pack at one of them. It just like flew off me and I was like, oh my God. And I picked it up and then everyone was like, it's definitely a, it got to be a rocket launcher experience i mean you, going yeah, out in the middle crazy. of their in the middle of their set like like you said yeah. all the energies there i mean as an opening yeah. band for any large band it's always yeah you're they're they're filing in you're warming them up the energy's not really there but if they really like you They'll start build, buying into yeah. it, but like they told their audience was so sweet and super attentive, which we were not like we had no idea what to expect. We we had opened before 
for the Indigo Girls, which was also a big audience. Yeah. Um, and they were super attentive as well. But we were like just playing like arenas. We have no idea what's gonna what yeah. it's gonna be like. And like I've been to arena shows and I remember people like filing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like yeah. you know that people are arriving and their audiences were so special and We've so We've been sweet. so and, like, lucky with like it the was, bands we opened for. Like the audience. Same thing with Half so Alive. There. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been really, really, you know, we were super, super grateful for them. It's it's definitely important to get the right artist as far as opening. You, I mean, you get the you get the wrong crowd for the wrong type of music and just it, oof, that's a that's a rough ride for the whole tour. Right, if right. It doesn't match. <laughs> trying <laughs> trying to win over that crowd that doesn't want to see you there is definitely yeah. Ugh, really that, challenging. <laughs> that's hard. Um, well, now, real quick, before we go, uh, let's go back to the new album, All You Need Is Time, 11 tracks. Several have been released as singles up to this point, Liar, Cry In The Mirror, Aluminum, Glitter. Out of the songs that haven't been released, what are you feeling the most right now? What are you excited about people hearing? I mean, obviously, it's your record. You're excited about every song, but at the moment, what are you feeling right now? Time Machine. <laughs> yeah. There's a song called Time Machine. Time Machine. There's also a song called Routine that we're really excited about. Those two um, are at my the top of my list. Nice. Yeah. That a con- consensus. I like it. Routine yeah. and Time yeah. Machine. I'm writing it down in my notes. Okay. All right. Getting it down. Time Machine and Routine. Well, now, along with the album, I noticed this, and I'm very excited about it because I love these. Uh, with the vinyl, if if listeners get the vinyl, uh, you have a sweet bony bonus flexi disc, which I yeah. love flexi disc. They're making a comeback. <laughs> they're Hell portable. Yeah. <laughs> they're awesome, and it's got both versions of record player on it—the one with AJR and the regular version. Um, yeah. Was that a management idea? Was that a your idea as far as the flexi disc, or or just did it? Where'd it come from? We just we had sold the flexi disc on tour, mm-hmm. um, which was really exciting. And I well, think the flexi that, disc was only record player. With yeah, AJR. yeah, we had sold one that that just had record player uh, with AJR, and basically we're just like very aware that a lot of people know us through that song, and like that is an old song. And yeah. So we're like we're putting out our first final ever, and like I think it's just sweet to be able to drop in like a little extra thing for sure like, yeah. not on the record but here. it's also like <laughs> those those songs aren't on any album yeah like the, like the record player song is not on our first album it's on an ep and like record player is not on an album so i think that it's just like giving it a place of uh, giving it a physical place is nice yeah um and we, yeah, it doesn't quite like fit on the actual album. So we were like, let's just like add it as an additional thing yeah. so that like the people who like are really like attached to that music, like have a physical copy of it. I love yeah. it. Are you are you guys big vinyl fans? I mean, was that a huge yeah. thing when you heard like, yeah. OK, we're going to actually put out a vinyl. Like, I mean, it's I such a so dream. Excited. It's such a yeah. dream. It feels so surreal to have your music be like like. I don't know. I didn't know if we'd ever be able well, to. Honestly. The hard copy. Yeah. I, I used to like burn, like I would like record music in, in high school and like burn a CD of it and be like my CD and then like print out like a picture yeah. of me and like stick it on the front. So, like, <laughs> it's definitely really exciting to have a, an actual vinyl that 
all the vinyls got to my house yesterday, so Ooh. I have been looking at it. Oh, very exciting. Uh, it looks it looks good. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And you got it on cassette too, right? Mm -hmm. You do, yeah. Very, what was the decision on cassette? You just want it uh, like, you know, just it seems cassettes like the most cool. viable yeah, option. Yeah, cassettes are also the first uh, physical thing that we made for we had cassettes for our first record mm -hmm. that our friends made uh, on their their cassette uh on the boombox garden <laughs> kiln <Nice>. <laughs> and <laughs> so we we've had cassettes and people people have always you know loved them even if they don't have a cassette player i feel like it's something yeah. cute to you know they're really cool just, like, they're also just yeah. like the sound of a cassette is so cozy and like kind of yeah, like yeah. nothing else that like I think that there's, and my mom was like, I have a cassette player in my car still. I was like, cool, just Whoa. thump it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is a, that I'm guessing that's a pre, gotta be pre 2000 uh, car. car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, both of them are great. As far as, as record and cassette, you've got analog, and it's just such a, you know, it is. It's an adventure yeah. more than, than streaming. It's for the music heads. Yeah. yeah. You get to go on that full feel, that full experience of the album. Yeah. It's and like having a book instead of, like, reading it online. Like, it's just, like, the, the actual, like, being able to, I think that the something I find very special, just, like, about, like, physical things is just the ability to, like, fully sit with it without anything else happening. Like, I think that when you're listening to music on a computer or a phone, like, there's just, like, other things you can do on the computer while it's happening where, like, you yeah. can go into a room with just, like, a record player and, like, lay down on the ground and just listen to music and, like, have that, like, intimate experience um, without so many distractions go on the adventure get to look at you get to look at the liner notes get to look at the pictures yeah. get to look at everything imagine yourself in the band imagine yourself in daisy the great fantastic <laughs> well listeners you need to pre-order the copy right now the album is terrific uh congratulations on it coming out very excited to hear it guys and i want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with us today thank you so much thank you so much really so fun. nice to meet you ben yeah for sure and listeners you can also keep up with daisy the great at daisythegreat.com also on tiktok also on instagram they're out there mm -hmm. let's take a listen to easy right here on the doc g show Thank you. 
Here on the Doc G a show, Daisy, the great. That's right. Fantastic, Mike. I'm so glad that uh, Kelly and Minna took the time to talk with us. They're two fantastic ladies, just extremely talented. Uh, I wish I was like Kelly and had a treasure trove of guitar parts and song bits and <laughs> yeah. just like she's got all these like little like it, that's such a cool like i mean i know obviously it's her job but it's also like such a cool like party trick you're like oh yeah. want to hear like a riff i got here there you go that's a little something i've got anyways you know like it's just so cool that she's got all these things that she can pull out and she makes amazing songs from it right Nuts. Yeah. And then true. to think on top of it, her song, The Record Player, has been on, it's been streamed on TikTok videos over 250 million times. Wow. 250 million times. It's a big number. And on Spotify, it the song itself has been streamed over almost 60 million times. The full song, just the song by itself. It's insane. The the yeah. the life that that song has had. It's impossible to think of that number, Mike. That's yeah. nuts. Over a quarter of a billion. Yeah. If we if we <laughs> a quarter of a billion, you know it, man. That's, get that B in your head. Yeah. It's I mean, Huge. They, I I wouldn't be able to comprehend if that many people listen to the Doc G show. I'd be like, what are we what are we doing, Mike? What is this? We need to sell some t-shirts. I just crapped my <laughs> pants. I'm so nervous for this next show. Like, it is, it's yeah. insane, man. I'd be a little nervous. Yeah. yeah, it'd be nuts. It'd be nuts. Anyways, Mike, thank you to Daisy the Great. They're doing fantastic. They've got that tour. If you're in a town, check it out. If you're they're near you, go see them the Happy Fits. It's going to be great. Mike, we need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Hmm. Oh, Doc G Top 3. Woo, good Lord, Mike. What are you, off your game? Is this because you're in the eights today? Jeez, watch out. Uh, yeah, I was like thinking previously, but I was like, no, Doc G Top 3. But then uh, I don't It's know because why. I, I didn't confused. ask I'm you sorry. to do the yeah. previously on the Doc G. That's what throw, threw you yeah. off. I um, announced it. That's it. I'll, I'll take both of course. that, Mike. I'll take that. I'll yeah. take that. Mike, no, uh, this Dr. week I was very excited about our uh, topic. Our Doc G uh, topic this week would be your top three memorabilia items that you own. Yes. Uh, Mike, I need to actually hold on just a second. Give me two seconds here. Yeah. Okay, I grabbed one of them. All right. As cool. I had I had to grab the, the uh, number two item, the number one item I can point up to. Okay. Mike, number three. Oh, first, before you go to your number three, Mike, honorable mentions for me. I got a ton of them. Ton okay, of honorable mentions. I got a couple, mentions. too. I got a couple, too. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson autograph, which I have up behind me. Them shaking hands. That one's a big one. Bill Russell autograph, also huge one up there. Uh, piece of the Bull Stadium hardware, uh, hardwood, where Michael Jordan won his slam dunk contest and performed the first uh, five years of his career. Um, Mike Tyson autograph up in the corner, uh, nice. Julius Irving autograph, 
Mason Jennings painting right here behind me. Yeah. Very cool. Huge. Mm -hmm. Handwritten carbon leaf, uh, carbon leaf lyrics here. What about everything? With a special note to me on the back. Very fantastic. And then uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band album, all signed by the group up there on the nice. wall. Those would be the uh, honorable mentions. I probably missed some that I, I'm not thinking of, but those are those are the some that I was thinking. What? Number three, hmm. uh, or honorable mentions for you, Mike. Yeah, um, I've made, this whole thing made me realize I don't have a lot of memorabilia, or maybe I do, but I'm just not. But um, I have a Lily Allen set list. Oh. <laughs> I went to a Lily Allen show, and I got her right. set list, and I hey. feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I was kind of going through my stuff, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, I also have a... Uh, signed show poster from all of like Matt Costa's band, which I was like, you know, That's I like Matt cool. Costa back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my number three okay. is going to be, and I got this this weekend. Oh, wow. I went to recent. ThriftCon. Yeah, I went to ThriftCon and my recent thrifting hero, Slobby Robbie, he signed this. Um, oh, I saw that. I saw where he was signing He signed that. this little gift bag or whatever it is for me. And, nice. Uh, incredible. I love Slobby Robbie. He's got the show on Netflix, Slobby's World. And uh, yeah, he just goes and, and sells like old stuff to people, like vintage, uh, like 90s Slobby Robbie and, uh, is a character. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. So a huge fan. He's a character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it, Mike. That's, that's yeah. good memorabilia. That's nice. Uh, number yeah. three for me from the show. I didn't take it off the wall, but listeners probably remember this: Magic City Hippies, the uh, the pilot press of their album Hippie Castles EP, signed by the whole band. I won it in a uh, in a fundraiser. They were raising money for uh, food shelters in. Um, in Miami, and uh, I paid an exorbitant amount of money for it, and I could do that because it was raising money for a good cause. So yeah, I said, I have sure. no problem paying a ton of money for this. And mm -hmm. now it is the prize vinyl that I have in my collection uh, because it is definitely one of a kind. Yeah, Doctor, remind me again. What does that mean? The uh... it's the test press. Right? Test press. What does that mean? They're making sure what that it that? works, right? It's oh, the okay. first press off, like, because with a vinyl, you have to make a template, right? Yeah. You make a template that you press all of the vinyl down with that gets all the little grooves on there. So right. they make that template, then they make one press and say, did this actually come out right? Hmm. And that's the that's the test press. And once oh, they cool. once they check that and they say yeah that's good, they always send that right. The record the record makers send that to the band and say are you good with this test press? Listen to it. Nice. And okay. after that, then if they say they're good, make however many vinyls are going to be made. Right. Cool. And cool, cool, uh, cool. yeah, I've got the test press. For the uh, the Magic City Hippies uh, Hippie Castle EP, and it's signed by the nice. whole band. Fantastic, fantastic. Right. Mike, number go. two for you, sir. Number two, and I actually tried looking for this this morning. I couldn't find it, but I have a Hollister receipt that's signed by all of Jimmy Eat World. Sweet. Huge fan of Jimmy Eat World, and uh, yeah, the whole band signed this Hollister receipt. And how um, did it be? How was it a Hollister receipt? 
Give me the deets. Because what I was, happened? Uh, I didn't have anything else for them to sign, and uh, you know, it was around the time when I was a Hollister guy. I was buying some Hollister stuff. Yes. I was a fan of their, yes. their clothing. Like and, it. Uh, yeah. So I was like, hey, we well, gotta sign my Hollister receipt, and they did. And it, uh, they wrote like little notes, little notes. Oh, I got your credit it. card number. And uh, yeah, I was, yeah it's just, it was great. Got your credit card fan. number, yeah. so, uh, solid. Hey, they were just in your, I think they were just in your neck of the woods for the When We Were Young uh, 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 giant tour. Yeah, deal. they probably were, yeah. They, they had so many bands on that thing. They canceled no, one of the days, by the way. It's a ton, yeah, 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 because yeah. wind, wind. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. there were a bunch of free shows all over the city. I was like, oh my gosh, you could have gone to so many Amazing free shows, didn't a couple of our that. our former guests were there. Red jumpsuit apparatus, they were there. Yeah, yeah nice. pretty fantastic, pretty fantastic. I had a former uh, previous ex girlfriend uh, work at Hollister. Mike could have got you some. Yeah. Could have got you some free. If I would have known that, yeah. that you were a fan, but I didn't know you, <laughs> and I don't think True. I. I don't think I could have got free. So, anyways, yeah. um, Mike, my, my number two. Yeah, what's your number two, Doctor? My number two... I love it. ...is a signed Barry Bonds baseball. Ah, uh, uh, that is so sick. Signed Barry Bonds baseball. This is well before he was accused of steroid usage, too. Got yeah. this back in 1994. My mom nice. bought me this. This was pretty much the only Christmas present I had that year. I told her I, <laughs> I wanted this, and she was like... You're not going to get that much if I give you this because this is going to be expensive. I was like, I want it. I want it. Dr. It's going to be awesome. Bring it a little closer to the camera. I want to see that SIG. Ah, uh, that's so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. So it. Uh, I have had it now uh, for, let's see, 28 years. Yeah. 28 years. And it has appreciated in value for sure. I actually looked it up. While we were, uh, while I was getting ready for this segment, uh, yeah. they're going for about eight hundred and fifty dollars now. Ooh, where yeah. do you keep that uh, baseball, Doctor? Where's in the studio. That, like... It's in the yeah. studio. Nice. Here. Yeah, it's in with nice. a lot of our other memorabilia. I am not a huge cool. baseball fan, but when I got it, I was, and it is yeah. one of the. Uh, it is one of my fave fa fave memorabilia's. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Number um, one, Mike. Number one for me, and I wish I had it, and uh, I am going to go get it from Florida, and I'm going to bring it on the show. I'm going to show you eventually, Doc G. I but it. I have a football signed by the entire, like, or at least most of the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Trent Dilfer, Warren Sapp wow. were the two uh, MVPs on that team. But, yeah, I got it. I think I even have Tony Dungy's uh, signature on there. Wow. I think. Wait, was he? How I'm pretty sure he was the Yeah. Coach. How'd you how'd you yeah. get that? We went to a training camp. They had one of those uh, like free kind of training camp days where you could go and uh, and watch the team practice. And um, yeah, they were all signing autographs. I was I was very aggressive about getting this football signed by as as many players as possible. I, so, I like it. Yeah. Uh, I just I realized you said Tony Dungy. Head coach was John Gruden. It was John, John Gruden. Gruden. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Different. Which, uh, different guy. Which he's a little disgraced, but uh, yeah. had had a little issue with some emails there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had a little controversy. Yeah. Now Tony Dungy was the year right before that. 
So maybe it was. I was. I was trying to. I need to ask my dad and and confirm might, that might it was two thousand two. Might well, have been two thousand one, but I think it was. It about to say, might have might have yeah. been really quick, and then you know, yeah. and, and maybe it was right before they fought. It'd be basically be a lot of the same team, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Anyways, that's good, Mike. Yeah. I like that number yeah. one. I like that number. What's one. your number one, Doc G? What's your number one? My number one. Uh, let's see. It's it's sort of hard to see here. Um. If you see right up there at the top of the uh, ceiling, there is a Sports Illustrated, and that Sports Illustrated has Steve Prefontaine on it. It's the it's that it's the it's the frame right above uh, right above uh, Giannis there, Mike. Yeah, I see uh, it. I see it. That is Steve Prefontaine, uh, America's greatest runner of all time. Uh, he graced the cover of Sports Illustrated once. That's where he graced the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, my mom got me that for Christmas one year. Uh, it was one nice. of those things that was just completely out of the blue, too. I had no, I didn't ask for it, and uh, I was I was blown away. It was one of those great uh, gifts that I was like, "What? Huh? Amazing!" And I was so yeah. psyched. And it's it's been on my wall ever since. But uh, it is a rare piece of memorabilia uh, of a of a fantastic, fantastic distance runner. Yes. Yeah. Was this um, before or after the Barry Bonds? M much, much further after. Oh, okay. Uh, this okay. was like probably 2010, 12, hmm. something like that. Somewhere Very around cool. there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. And, and on, I, di I didn't bring it up, but my Giannis... Yana should be memorable, uh, uh, honorable mention too. Giannis, For sure, Giannis, an MVP. Dennis Rodman, yeah. uh, also uh, Dave uh, uh, or John Thompson, uh, former coach of uh, Georgetown. All of those autographs are really cool, Mike. Doctor, you also had a magic. I, I'm pretty sure I saw a Magic Johnson jersey in your collection that was signed. Is that not a? Was that? No, no, that's or? Claude. You're thinking Claude. That's oh, that was Claude's collection. Ah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Claude, Claude with his massive amounts of uh, of uh, jerseys. Yes, that Hell would yeah. be one of them. Man, that guy has a great collection. He's got some jerseys, Mike. Oh, I'm gonna man, have I'm gonna have a uh, Stephen Adams one soon. I'm gonna have Stephen Adams. There we go. Soon. Did you uh, get Grizzlies or OKC? You gotta go current. I went current. Okay. When nice. I went, I went Grizzlies. We're all Grizzlies yeah. now. I just need to find a person to play a jaw with me, that uh, <laughs> I can have a shorter, a shorter dude with dreads that's just extremely athletically gifted that just comes flying by me, jumping fifteen <laughs> feet in the air. Anyways, yeah, Mike, uh, next week. We've talked about animals. Which one would you most like want to have as a pet that you can't have a pet? Let's do this one. Hmm. Animal that scares you the most. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Animal that just scares the bejesus out of you. What? What is your top three you don't want to be around? Okay. Uh, and we'll do anything in the animal kingdom. So as long as it's an cool. organism, it can be... Down to insects, it can be up mm. to the biggest, the blue whale, if that scares the bejesus out of you. Word. All right, Mike, we've got two birthday suits. Which one do you want? We've got a, uh, we've got a hip hop, a hip hop artist, and we've got a country artist. Mm. Let's go, country artist. 
Okay, born in Northland, New Zealand. On October 27, 1967, our birthday suit wearer moved to Queensland, Australia when he was two years old. Started playing the guitar when he was six years old. He gravitated towards country music because that's what his parents liked. In 1983, he was a contestant on Australian show New Faces, which helped him get more opportunities in music. Finally, in 1990, he signed a deal with EMI and released his debut album. In 1992, he moved to Nashville. In 1999, he released his American debut album, which led to the singles It's a Love Thing, You're Everything, But for the Grace of God, and Where the Black Top Ends. In 2005, he met Nicole Kidman and married her in 2006. They have two kids together. Since releasing his first album, he released nine more albums. He has 18 number one country hits. He's been nominated for 19 Grammys and won four of them. Also, I don't know if you remember this, Mike, but former guest Larkin Poe toured with him. And jammed on that song, When the Black Top Ends. Name this birthday suit wearer. Uh, gosh, Doc G, I'm going to need a, a Initials. Some kind of. Initials. K-U. Keith Urban. Keith Urban is uh, correct. I was going to say that, but Keith just doesn't sound like a New Zealand name. Oh, know. man. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty much, you know, I... I off the top of my head, I don't really know any other Aussies that are uh, <laughs> that are great, well-known country singers. But mm-hmm. that's that's key, yeah. man. That's key. Yeah. He's got citizenship. I think I'm I'm gonna follow up on this. I'm pretty sure he's got citizenship in New Zealand, Australia, uh, England, and America. He might not. Wow. It might not be England. That that might be one too far. But I know the uh, the other three for sure. Which is pretty cool that you can just yeah, like for sure. hop from those places. Go find one of those giant worms we were talking about long ago at New Zealand. A giant three-foot <laughs> worm. Sort of frightening. Gross. Uh, turning, uh, turning, let's see, what is he turning? Uh, 30, 55. 55 for uh, Keith Urban. There we go. Uh, Mike. Next birthday suit wearer, born on October 26, 1986 in West Germany. Our birthday suit wearer was the son of an American soldier. His uh, parents divorced before he was born, and his mom moved to South Central Los Angeles. Our birthday suit wearer ended up going to Crenshaw High School. Since he grew up on Hoover Street, uh, Street, he was introduced to gang life at a young age. He was introduced to the 52 Hoover Gangster Crips. He was a member of the uh, gang until he got into music. Started working on music when he was 16, but he didn't get serious until he was 21. He started working with the group Black Hippies. In 2011, he released his debut album, Setbacks. He then released Habits and Contradictions in 2012. Then in 2014, he released his debut major label album, Oxymoron, which had the smash hit... Uh, collard greens with Kendrick Lamar. He was also on other songs like White Walls with Macklemore. Uh, in 2016, he released his next album, Blackface. In 2019, he released his next album, Crash Talk. Name that birthday suit wearer. No idea. Oh. No let's idea. let's see if this name uh, strikes a chord, Mike. 
Schoolboy Q. Ah, uh, Schoolboy Q. I definitely know the name. Just uh, don't know much about it. Got the album, Mike. Nice. Got the album uh, here like on vinyl. The old oxymoron with collard greens. There's something about collard greens that I feel like you can play it on vinyl and it sounds so good. What is what song is that? Man, I gotta listen to this now. Oh, collard it's got greens. such a good background. It's got this like reverby shake on the back of it. And it's got this good bass line. Boo doom 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 Oh, so good. So good, Mike. Check it out. It's a good song. It's a good song. Uh happy birthday to Schoolboy Q turning the big three six. Three six for Schoolboy Q. Three six. Yes. Mike, we have fantastic guests coming up. I can't wait. There's some great ones coming up. We've got a great artist called Barrett David, named Barrett Davis there coming up. We're also uh, in the works. Uh, they said, I'm going to, I'm going to, hmm. we haven't set a date, but the talks have been, there has been no question of whether they're going to do it or not. It's just whether they need to set it. So I'm going to say, We've got the group uh, Ann Arbor coming on the show. Can't wait. They're a fantastic rock band out of the Arizona area, Mike. I can't wait to have them on the show. We've got cool. some fantastic other guests that are in the works, Mike, but we need to wrap it up until next week. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, notorious holder of the associate's degree, Mikey <laughs> Maximus the Furnicus Showrette. Doc G, thank you so much. Good times. Great show, as of always. Course. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it doo doo